This is Framed, a podcast where a group of friends get together once a week to talk about movies, what we liked about them, what we didn't like, and how they're made. I'm Elliot. I'm Robert. And I'm Brennan. This week on Framed, we'll be discussing My Guilty Pleasure, the cinematic treasure and everyone's favorite movie, Napoleon Dynamite. Gosh. Freaking idiot. So, who wants to start with this? Do we want me to start, or... Yeah, why don't you start, since this was your pick. Alright, so, overall, um, thoughts on, kind of thoughts on this. Honestly, I don't know why I love this movie so much. It's (laughs) so stupid, but it's, I find it very hilarious. It lightens my mood, um... It's one of those movies I can just fall asleep to. I know it's going to happen. And it just lightens the mood. Um, it's not a... When we, we'll probably dish this out more later, but not really much of a storyline or anything, to be honest. It's really not a cinematic masterpiece by any means, but... <laughs> oh, strong disagree. Strong it's, disagree. It's just very ahead of its time. Way, 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 way ahead of its time. Mm. Definitely. All right. Elliot, Robert? Uh, I I can go next since it sounds like Robert's got some some hotter takes than me. Hot takes with Robert. (laughs) So um, this was my second time seeing Napoleon Dynamite. Um, I I also love this movie. I was a little late to the party, though. when I was in college, when this movie was sort of like, you know, at the peak of its popularity or, you know, on the upward trend, certainly, um, a friend of mine said to me, Hey, so have you seen that movie, Napoleon Dynamite? And I was like, no, I haven't seen it. And, uh, so boring. I don't, I don't get it. And so that just kind of like, I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. And I, I just kind of forgot about it. And then, uh, a few years later, I actually did get around to seeing it and I, I regret that I didn't see it earlier um but yeah I, I also really love this movie um even though I haven't seen it a whole bunch of times um the the sense of humor of this just lines up perfectly with with my sense sensibilities when it comes to timing and and just like cringe humor and just awkward just people being awkward um uh the the setting is is really unique i love the the backdrops of a lot of the shots it's it just like i think in a lot of movies aren't idaho isn't really a really common uh place that films get shot so i thought it had a really unique look to it um and just the way that it was shot too it was sort of like a cross between like you know wes anderson and um gosh i don't know wes anderson influences definitely um also, um, last week on, on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I, I was sort of postulating like what it would have been like if, if we had made a movie like that. With this one, I, I definitely feel like we could have made this. Um, like it, it was de- uh, sort of the definition of how to do a lot with a little. Um, very uh, very small scope, but, but everything was used really effectively. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure I'll have more to say later but yeah i i also really love this movie what about you question, Robert? real quick yeah real quick question 
Elliot says he's seen this. This was his second time. Robert, how many times have you seen this? Oh, not a ton. I've probably seen it five times. Just um, curious. Yeah, no. Uh, I watched this film, I think, the first time in college as well. Um, and whether or not the humor is your style of humor, you have to just... You have to cheer for this film. Mm -hmm. Like... <laughs> Everyone knows Napoleon. Like, mm -hmm. you watch this kid, and we all are immediately feel like we went to school with him. Like, we know this person. Yeah. And that alone in storytelling is such an achievement. Mm. And then past that, like, we can almost forget, you know, watching this in 2021, that this is such a unique film, mm. right? It's set in middle America made by middle America for middle America. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't try to be anything else. Like Brennan already mentioned how there's not really a plot. Mm -hmm. And I will argue that there is a subtle, brilliant plot throughout. Um, but it's definitely not your traditional Hollywood structure that you're looking at for sure. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have any stars. It, it does have a really good soundtrack. Um, you does. gotta give it that, but it almost has created this whole genre with films like, uh, Juno mm. and, um, Oh, uh, Little Miss Sunshine? Uh, is that the one I'm thinking of? Mm, I've, I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I would say yes. I would say yes. Uh, with, uh, with what's his face? Um, but anyway, the, we, we now will see these slice of life films mm -hmm. more frequently. Uh, and that's because Napoleon Dynamite proved that you can make a film for next to nothing mm -hmm. that is a comedy, that doesn't have stars, that doesn't have really big set pieces, and well, it can yeah. make money. Uh, the box office for napoleon dynamite was probably around 45 million but like as elliot was hinting at like the popularity was not in theaters the popularity was in the dvd market not really home video but home video market right mm -hmm. um where it made probably close to 150 200 million somewhere in there yeah uh so like the fact that it basically said okay I know there's all these ways you're supposed to make movies. <laughs> I'm just going to make a movie about life in a tiny town. Yeah. And I'm going to show you all the moments of life in a tiny town. And it's going to be great. And it was, is, is just incredible. So even though like, and don't get me wrong, there are moments that I die every time I watch this <laughs> film. Uh, the kid's reaction to the cow getting shot my goodness, yes. never yes. not funny. It will never not be funny. 
Uh, so like the humor absolutely lands with me, but even yeah. if it doesn't, like you have to respect what they did as filmmakers with this. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a really cool film. What struck me about it this time through is just how few, like if you were just looking at the script, like the, how few jokes were on the page, like yeah. so much of the, the humor comes from the performances and the timing of the jokes. And I imagine 100%. that hundred percent. I imagine Correct. that that was really stressful um, filming it on a, on a shoestring budget, like you said, because I, I I remember reading in interviews that the the director was just constantly asking, like, "Hey, is this is this working? Is this funny?" You know? Yeah. Um, and also, like, since it wasn't a big Hollywood production, it was pretty much just them doing the things. Mm -hmm. So, like whether it was falling off the fence or mm -hmm. uh, getting hit in the face with a stake. Like it's just <laughs> the actors doing it. Right. And you gotta give them some credit. Like I don't endorse, I don't want any, you know, 12 year olds that want to make movies to be all like, Oh, I'll just go and get run over by a car. It'll be really funny or whatever. <laughs> like I don't endorse just going and hurting yourself for a punchline. I'll just go um, hit my best friend with a random piece of thing on the road or. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so Who would do that? Uh, I can't, mm, I, I can't endorse that, but like the fact that you can tell there isn't a mat he's falling on, like yeah. makes you feel even more for him. And that makes it even funnier. So I completely mm -hmm. agree that like a lot of the jokes are found in uh in the performance itself mm -hmm. uh, but one thing that i'd love to hear your opinion on elliot um because this is the the first time i've gone back to rewatch this film after really spending a fair amount of time like looking at edgar wright mm. um i thought that between the like whip zooms um <laughs> the the cuts to reactions um, and some of the transitions and the music intercut with the, the diegetic music throughout the film. I was getting a lot of Edgar Wright vibes. Uh, what about you? You know, I honestly, I, that thought didn't cross my mind while I was watching it, but now that you point out that this did have some, some quick zooms and some, some whip pans and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I could, I could see that. I mean, certainly like all the, the, the dead straight on shots were, were pulled from Wes Anderson. I felt like, um, yeah. And, uh, uh, what's his face? Todd. I never pronounced his last name. Correct. Uh, Salazans solid salt. Sol I don't know. Uh, <laughs> people can yell at me in the comments. Um, uh, I don't know if either of you have watched, uh, any of his, uh, movies. Um, but, there's definite inspiration pulled from him. Mm -hmm. uh, he did uh, Happiness and uh, Wiener Dog, mm. uh, which you should... I think Wiener Dog is on Amazon Prime. Anyone listening should pause this <laughs> and go and watch Wiener Dog. Um, I, I've, I've never heard of it. It's, it's a time. Um, I think Dark Horse is probably his most well-known. 
I'm sure that people, one sounds familiar. I mean, happiness is what everyone references of his, but I feel like Dark Horse has has the most. Anyway, uh, if you like offbeat, uh, almost like cringe comedy, uh, Todd Solon's Solon's <laughs> I don't know uh, is definitely <laughs> someone you should check out. Okay, I will. I will so I gotta, jot that down. I got a fun fact for you real quick before I forget about it. Okay. Um, mainly throwing this fun fact out because we did this other film in a previous episode. The grandma in Napoleon Dynamite is also in Three Billboards. Is she? I Yes. I didn't realize that until re-watching it this time. I knew when we watched Three Billboards that I recognized her. Who who was she in but Three I Billboards? Could... It's been too long since I've oh, seen that. I don't. I haven't seen it since we did it for. It's been a couple of years because it was when we did it for this. Uh, she played. What are you referencing, Brennan? It's only been a couple of weeks, a month at <laughs> oh, most, <laughs> right? Um. Okay, she played Mama Dixon in Three Billboards. Ah. Yes, even though I only watched Three Billboards just a few months ago, I don't remember <laughs> that. <laughs> um, so I, ha- I have a, a Napoleon Dynamite fun fact that I'd like to share. Okay. And I, I think this will appeal to us as low-budget filmmakers. Um, yeah. The the kid who played Napoleon Dynamite, uh, John Hedder, I think is the yes. actor's name. Yep. So um, he got his perm... Uh, for his hair at the beginning of filming and yeah they, you, you you know what i'm about to say they were not able to yeah. re-perm him at any point during filming and so he just had to leave it so he did he was not able to wash his hair for the like 30 day or whatever shoot and it just he just had to leave it there are so many like beautiful like kindred low budget filmmaking moments in this mm-hmm. um in the scene uh where he's calling home uh and they have the like can you bring me my chapstick <laughs> uh in that that phone call mm-hmm. um the mountain of cheese that is uh on the counter <laughs> is changing heights constantly because oh. they only had one prop and he's grabbing from it so every take it's a different uh different height <laughs> i i actually didn't notice that um yeah that's up there with diane's hair from honey i shrunk the kids that i will probably forget about that by the next time i i watch this um i what- bet you don't one other um, kindred filmmaker thing about this that struck me was the opening title sequence, which I just loved to pieces. Um, yes, yes, it is definitely. I am not one that likes long um, intros, which I've talked about in the, one of our previous podcasts, but I this is one I don't skip through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I sort enjoy of. It. This sort of predates you guys, but like when I was first getting started making movies, like when I was 11 or 12, that that would be how I would do my opening credits was with like close ups on objects that had text printed on them or like 
little stop motion animations before the actual start of the movie. So I definitely dug the uh, the title sequence here, and I, I think that it would have it would have hurt the the actual first scene of the movie if they had done the the typical oh you know we're gonna put the opening credits over the first scene. I think it would have distracted from the 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 bus like whatever I feel like I want to do. Gosh, joke. Yeah, speaking of that very iconic opening title sequence, it wasn't in the original movie. Um, mm. Maybe you know this, maybe you guys don't, but uh, for a long time, this was the biggest sale at Sundance, uh, which is a film festival in Salt Lake City, Utah. It happens in January. It's kind of a big deal. Um, this was the the biggest sale for a long time that has been beaten and beaten and beaten again since then, but it did hold that title. Um, Fox Searchlight, uh, which is Fox's indie film uh, studio, uh, acquired it, and then they needed an opening credit sequence. Uh, and uh, the actor who plays Kip, uh, Aaron Rule, uh, shot, designed and shot the that whole sequence in just two days, uh, which is pretty oh, wow. cool. I, yeah. I thought it would have taken more effort than that. Um, yeah. And didn't, didn't they say um, that they, they specifically requested, there's a, a scene where we see Napoleon's library card and it has the year 2004 printed on it. I think they specifically requested that because they were afraid that people would be confused about what time period this movie took place in. <laughs> what era era yeah because yeah, there's a, like a lot uh, of like you, i mean we all grew up in a, a tiny midwestern town so i think we sort of understand that things have a tendency to lag behind technology wise um for sure so even though it yeah, took place yeah. in in 2004 there's a lot of like you know old tvs and bulky computers and and stuff that was not you know like cutting edge 2004 technology like my high school <laughs> but even like and you gotta look at like the picture that deb shows for her um photography mm -hmm. it doesn't look like a 2004 hair do or like stuff they were to the prom her dress it looks more 80s vibe 80s for sure yeah yeah and wow. i think the dance scene they um they played a lot of 80s music at that as well i think mm -hmm. Most of the music is older music mm -hmm. throughout the film. Yeah, I think that the 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 song that Napoleon dances to at the end of the film, I think, is sounded you know seventies eighties to me. Do we want to go through the movie chronologically? Do you guys want to talk about what worked, what didn't work? How do we want to take this, Brendan? I say we could go chronologically and kind of merge the two just chronologically what didn't and work both those ideas together okay so elliot you were already talking about the bus scene do you kind of want to kind of talk us through that yeah i mean i think this is going to be kind of surreal to to give a plot synopsis of this movie but i'll do my best <laughs> um so the movie opens with napoleon uh waiting for the bus getting on the bus um, sitting down at the back of the bus and then proceeding to throw an action figure out the window tied to a string. And <laughs> this movie pulls no punches. Like, it just hits you with this very 
surreal joke that somehow works in the first scene. And like, I was just dying the first time I saw this it was just like, you know, it was like I was saying earlier, just like this movie just clicks with my sense of humor. And like from that first scene, I, I just immediately knew, okay, I, I see what kind of movie this is going to be. For sure. It does such a great job of introducing you to the world that we're about to spend an hour and a half in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like, see, yeah, now my, now my memory is getting a bit fuzzy about what happens next. Exactly. Like we go to school. All right. Somebody else should talk. Yeah. About I want to say, <laughs> cause I, my, it's uh, just like, I, I remember the individual scenes, but they're just a jumble in my brain. I'm not sure if going chronologically on this will work. No, yeah, maybe what if I, we what if we talked about like by character, like maybe we talk about our favorite characters. Tell you my favorite character is definitely the grandma cracks me up. <laughs> well, Napoleon, just make yourself a dang quesadilla. <laughs> yeah, um, for me, I, I'm torn between Uncle Rico and Kip or I, I think are my favorite uh main characters um kip is is just like an enigma to me and i i wouldn't have it any other way just like <laughs> he spends all his time chatting with with with, with babes, babes. On, <laughs> don't be jealous because i've been chatting with babes all day um and you you think that he's just kind of like pulling your leg for most of the movie and then Lafonda enters catfished or getting catfished. Right. Right. You think that it's, it's, it can't be for real. And then Lafonda inserts herself into the film about halfway through. And <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just extremely, um, I don't know how to describe it. Just they're, they're very unreal scenes that are just like completely like Lafonda is not a, a real person. <laughs> it seems is how it's played. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, Kip just transforms into a gangster by the end of the movies. <laughs> it's pretty great because no one acknowledges it. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone just is... treats it as normal. Yep. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and then Uncle Rico. Um, oh, sorry. Go go ahead. No, go ahead. Let's let's talk about Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico feels like he is on loan either from a Coen Brothers movie or, or a Wes Anderson movie. He, he's extremely slimy and you know who he reminds me of is, is Matthew McConaughey's character from Dazed and Confused. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yes. This slimy guy who's like low key hitting on high school girls and, and I don't know if it's low key. I think it's pretty high, (laughs) pretty high key. Um, just, you know, I mean, just generally being creepy around people. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I, I, I have only seen this movie twice, so I had forgotten what their, their get rich quick scheme consisted <laughs> of exactly. So like when, when Napoleon walks in and sees them sitting at the kitchen table planning, I was like, are they going to start robbing houses? What, 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 I don't remember this part. What, what was their plan? Cause it sounds like, because... oh, you know, we're in the rich, the, you know, rich folk live over here, you know, we'll hit these houses. And then you find yeah. out that they're just selling Tupperware. Because it's such an offbeat comedy. Like, it has that Coen Brothers feel to it. And if it was a Coen... Like, 
we these two would be you know planning to to rob half the town and end up <laughs> you know murdering someone in the process right, with and a briefcase full of money up yeah um uh it's such a beautiful like switcheroo with mm-hmm. you know oh i think we need to take this someplace more private and you know <laughs> moving around and then they're they're selling tupperware yeah it's so good which and that i yeah it's it's all kind of just coming back to me in a jumble now the scene where kip backs up over the the tupperware with the van and then dang it and just gets embarrassed and drives away is is another highlight for me just yeah wonderful scene um yeah some somebody else can go i'm I'm, i've been monopolizing Uh, too much my favorite character hands down is rex Mm. because um (laughs) what better like example of Chekhov's gun, which we all know <laughs> that I'm a sucker for. Like Chekhov's Rex is yeah. gotta be my favorite Chekhov's gun because mm-hmm. we set him up. It's probably like the fourth scene in the entire film. Right. Like they they go to the dojo. Oh, that's a total ripoff. You know, it's 300 bucks. We're gone. Uh, and then you don't have any reference. There's no reason for him to be there. Right. You just and kind then, of like, forget about it. You completely forget about him. Um, but they set up his wife in that scene. They Ooh, show yeah. the picture. Yep. And then, boom, we're gone. And then, oh, this woman. Who are we at? Oh, it must just be another random town oh that's right like ah such a beautiful payoff and it it culminates perfectly it 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 goes well with like uncle rico's get rich quick schemes just getting progressively creepier and creepier it's like i don't think that scene would have worked as well if he had gone to their house to sell tupperware but because he's like (laughs) going with like breast enhancing herbs (laughs) (laughs) it's just like that's so much funnier when he he comes in on them Yep, absolutely. And it gives Rico his just desserts. Mm -hmm. I was kind of surprised to see Hilary Duff's little sister the first time I watched this. And then this time watching it around, I had forgotten that she was in this. Because that's really the only... I mean, we're talking earlier about not no big stars in this. I mean, Haley isn't that big of a star compared to Hillary, mm. but I was, uh, it always surprises me that we've got all of these non big stars and then you've got her. I want to say that Rex was a well known, or not a well known, but he was like a working actor. Um, yes, yeah, um, he it, was. they originally wanted Jack Black uh, for that role. <laughs> Oh gosh! Um, but the the plan for Rex because it's a day player, right? You can get all of Rex's yeah. coverage in one day. Yep. Um, yeah, and that's a very very common strategy for a low budget indie. Yep. is to write a fun character uh, that someone can come in and play and knock out in like a single day. So you're only paying them their day rate. Uh, but then you can, you know, use that to help sell the film that, oh, we have a film with Jack Black or whoever in it. Um, right. The uh, the Duplass brothers uh, did that. Actually, I don't know if it was them. 
they might have just been acting. Uh, but in the ones I love, uh, they have uh, Ted Danson uh, playing a character. And mm. it's so clear that they wrote this character. It's a it's an important like major character, but it's so clear they wrote it so that it could be shot in one day, yeah. one location. Get him in, get that star power, and get out. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't really know if uh, Haley Duff was in anything pre-2004. Well, who, like, who did she play in this? Uh, she, Summer. Okay. Summer. Yeah, she has some... I'm just looking it up now. She has a couple, like, uh, short appearances... Um, but she is not credited with any, like, actual movie with a part oh. until Napoleon Dynamite. Mm. Oh. I guess just because I was big into Hillary, maybe that's just why I knew of Haley. Yeah. She seemed bigger than she was just because of who her sister was, I guess. I, I think Pedro's cousins have to get a shout out. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, what is that thing in my driveway? That's my ride. <laughs> That's my ride. And then, again, a beautiful example of just the very strong editing yes. in this. You know, you just cut to them in the car. Mm -hmm. Like, you let it be the joke. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought that the minister uh, at the very end uh, is a beautiful example of not wasting uh, even small parts. Mm. Uh, his little, his little uh, bit about just take a walk outside when you have a fight, and then then you'll have plenty <laughs> of exercise and you'll live well. And like he, like it's so perfectly done because he he doesn't deliver it well. Like no. the, the character does not deliver the joke well, so it doesn't get any reaction. But he still thinks he's being funny, so he laughs and like my goodness, <laughs> the amount of those exact moments I have just cringily lived through mm. so high. Like mm, I that that is slice of life right there. Even though the film is about to give up on uh, reality completely, right? With with Napoleon <laughs> getting them a honeymoon stallion. Yeah, it's it's like yes, it it does take like a wild left turn at the end into crazy town. Um, but like, I that was how I I read it the first time I watched it. But going through it the second time, it didn't feel as out of place to me. Like it, it kind of for me, it's kind of in lockstep with Napoleon doing this crazy dance and getting a standing ovation. Like it feels like it's part of that same universe that he could go for off sure. and, and tame a, a, a wild stallion and bring it to their wedding. Um, also, shout out to Kip's I Love Technology song that he sings to La Fonda. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so good. That's another one. The bus and that song. I die at both I of those moments. I love technology. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the uh, the cringy delivery of the, of the minister. Um, I feel like there's so much of this movie, like... 
I feel like the the awkward delivery of of so many of these characters is in a lot of ways more authentic to real life than the sort of normal polished slice of life writing that you normally see in these types of movies. Mm. Like even though everything is done with sort of this surreal twist, it like a lot of the characters, like you were saying earlier, like we all knew a Napoleon growing up like yes. a lot of this it because it's you've got the awkward pauses and the the kind of cringy delivery of some of the lines it's like it feels more real in that regard than a, a regular hollywood movie for sure um while we're sort of pinballing around to favorite scenes um the time machine scene has got to be another favorite of mine based on supposedly a true story of the writers. I think it's their cousin or something (laughs) actually uh, bought a time machine online. And the thing that made them think it was real was the seller included $10 bills from like the 80s, 90s, and <laughs> present or whatever. They're like, see, I went back and got the $10 bills. It's real. That's, uh, that's great. Which is so great. <laughs> and just the little, oh, don't forget the crystal shot. It's just yes. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> the, the visual style of this film is really strong it's Mm. great they uh they have a lot of really cool shots i even just think about um some of the shots of napoleon going in and out of the house you know that's Mm -hmm. a very easy shot to just you know say okay we're gonna set it up on eye level and shoot it but they do these like really low angle Mm -hmm. like uh, wide lenses that distort it and, and make it, you know, interesting and, mm-hmm. and draw you in. Uh, I really, I really dug the visual aesthetic of the film. Yeah. It, it kind of has a homemade quality to it. Almost some of those low angle shots. Of just like uh, it, speaking of just iconic shots though, the couch shot when uncle Rico is showing them his tape <laughs> Uh, that is so great. Um, just how ridiculous all three of them on that couch look. Right, the way it's, that everybody's legs are just kind of splayed out in different directions. It's so beautiful. Uh, probably one of my favorite moments in the whole film. Um, and then, like, the self-aware, like, nod of Napoleon being all like, that is probably the worst video I have ever seen. And Kip being all like, Napoleon, how could anyone even possibly know that? Like, I don't know that the writers were like, say, go ahead, say this is a terrible movie. No one can know that it's a terrible movie. Like, but it feels like that's what the reason that is there for. Mm. Like, I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, just so, so many great scenes in this. The milk drinking that that got me that got me rolling <laughs> the 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 FFA uh, scene yeah where it's like what type of milk this is or whatever the so <laughs> first off I mean I would argue that we've gone to crazy town here already Alien because yeah. the the implication is that they have put bleach 
in the milk and are asking yeah. students to drink it and identify what the issue is. Like, that alone, we're yeah. like, hmm, okay. But then <laughs> I just, I always die on, like, hmm, it tastes like this cow got into some onions. <laughs> and yeah. then they're like, yes, that is correct. <laughs> yeah that's another another great scene or or when they um they work for the the chicken farm for a day and then they get paid in in like less less than change yeah Yeah. i don't have my checkbook i hope you're okay with being paid in change six dollars that's like a dollar an hour (laughs) oh man all right i'll be right back guys i'm gonna go watch the movie again (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah it's just it's yeah are are there any scenes that you guys would cut or is this like great question perfect movie so i don't know like obviously this is not a perfect movie but i do think this movie is imperfect perfectly like i don't (laughs) know if you could like because realistically you could cut any scene Mm. literally any scene and the film on paper still works yeah because no scene is dependent on another scene like there's definitely things that are set up like uh pedro seeing the sign up to run for president during the dance and then you know we're dealing with him trying to be president but if you think for a second that in the world of this film we would miss a beat if we're just suddenly passing out vote for pedro stickers you're you're kidding yourself <laughs> like the there's so the the ffa is a great example like there's no Oh, we should we should do FFA discuss like they're just doing it like mm-hmm. we accept that okay we're here for now. So I yeah. really do think you could remove any scene, uh, and on paper you wouldn't miss it. But I I wonder what that would do to just the overall pace and feel uh, yeah. of the film. I really think it's edited quite tightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to to hit like all those moments and i don't know like the only scene that spring just broke okay the only scene that comes to mind uh that i don't know is super needed is probably uh right after the time well i mean arguably the time machine scene Mm. uh you don't need that. Um, but again, I would hate to see it go. Right. But then uh, the the grocery store scene right after that. Oh, yeah, um, right. <laughs> where, you know, no, I said the 12-pack. You'll have made to out mix of money. the colors. <laughs> um, the, the, like, cringe of telling the adults figure like oh why are you shouting so everyone can hear like super relatable i actually think that's a really strong moment Mm -hmm. but like because i do think there is character development throughout this entire 
like film and we are actually moving somewhere. I don't yeah. think we learn anything new about anyone in that scene. Like everyone is very much the beat we've already seen from. Them. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think you could probably lose that one. But like I said, it, it has those like great little moments in it that I, I would be sad. I wouldn't take it out. Yeah, I guess, you know, now that you brought it up, the, the FFA scene is is kind of isolated like that, too. I Yeah, if I yeah, had to... It's just there for jokes, right. for sure. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't change our opinion of anyone. It doesn't mm-hmm. teach us anything. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they found a cow with an extra udder and they said, <laughs> hey, we've got to write this in. Like, um... <laughs> That's also kind of going with the one percent milk joke, or drinking one percent because you think you're fat. Mm. Like that short scene, like it's not really. I mean, other than the fact of Napoleon just speaks whatever he has no filter, but I feel like we already know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that scene like sets up their relationship a little bit more, though. Um, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a moment in this film that you couldn't just remove. Uh, but I, I think you, you lose some of the magic of Napoleon without the weird quirky, like part of the film is being able to argue with your friends about what the hell Nothing. you just watched. Like, <laughs> is there a plot? Yeah. Is there not a plot? Like what, what yeah. has just happened to us? Right. Yeah, the the wedding scene might be another candidate for me, but to their credit, they did put it at the end after the credits because it is so disconnected from everything else. Elliot, you're going to get kicked off this podcast <laughs> if you're telling me that you think we could lose <laughs> the beautiful technology song. Come on. No, no, no. I'm I'm not No, I love that scene. I'm not I'm not saying Also it's a, her family's reaction, and it's actually the actress's family. Um, that that is, kills me every time they cut to her it's family. It's so beautiful. It's so good. It's so beautiful. Um, yeah, no, I'm just I'm just talking strictly from like an editing room kill your darling sort of perspective. Like, yeah, but like I said, they were smart and and stuck it after the credits so that it didn't. You know, because the, the the little montage leading up to the credits is is really nice and really well paced, and I think that it would have felt awkward if they'd gone, you know, from Napoleon and Deb playing tetherball to that wedding scene, and then delay people leaving the theater for another five minutes. I agree. Um, I think that the tetherball is the actual ending. Yeah. Um. So I do have some thoughts on that moment, but since we're sort of going chronologically, does anyone have any thoughts of anything else before I talk about the tetherball? Um, I do want to talk about the, the climactic dance scene. Um, oh, well, we have to talk about that. <laughs> um, so going back to our behind-the-scenes indie filmmaker fun fact-a-thon, apparently they shot that on their last roll of film. It was the last really? thing they, they had finished everything else in the dance scene was the last thing they had to do. And they had one roll of film left and they had kind of put it off as like, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll do the dance scene. And then when they actually got to filming it, they 
suddenly felt all this pressure, like, holy crap, this is the climax of the movie and we only have one roll of film left. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they, they pretty much just like filmed John Hedder. Like they, I think it, they did three takes and they had him three dance takes, to yeah. three different songs because they didn't know which one they would get the licensing rights for. And then that was it. They just filmed it. And <laughs> it's, it's a really good like example of how important an editor is mm-hmm. because if you go back and watch, you can tell that like knowing that there's three takes, they used all three takes. Oh yeah. So like the ability to fa- like match action from one dance move into the next while keeping the rhythm of a single song, even though each take is to a different song. Like that's impressive. That's mm-hmm. really well done. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very well edited. And it's, it's like, you know, again, you know, doing a lot with a little, it's just one guy dancing on stage for like yeah. five minutes, but it's completely yeah. mesmerizing. And we just watch the whole thing and it doesn't feel like it's, dragging at all like it works very well as as a as a climax for this movie also love the choice to not let the song end but have them cut it and like just keep dancing for like (laughs) three seconds and then do a little like almost naruto run (laughs) off stage uh it's it's pretty great yeah it's love that scene also the fact that um pedro's speech before the dance is just like the most soft-spoken pathetic little thing <laughs> just yes <laughs> if you vote for me all your wildest dreams will come true but but napoleon told him to do that and throughout the film pedro has been telling napoleon what to do and mm. how to improve so like there's this beautiful shift there i didn't even think and about then, that but you're right yeah like like And that's why I get a little defensive, like, jokingly so, when people are like, oh, there's no plot. Like, if if movie, like, to me, um, I try to be very positive about every film, because I just think it's so hard to make something. Like, if you've made something, like, it might not be for me, but, like, it's awesome, and I don't want to discourage anyone from enjoying anything. Yeah. Like, find something you enjoy. Yeah, That being said... Uh, a film that was not made for me uh, that a lot of people to their credit really enjoy uh, was uncut gems uh, came out (laughs) not that long ago. And my biggest problem with it was there's no character development. You Mm -hmm. just watch this guy behave the exact same way for the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, And that really bothers me because I think that, a movie is about watching change. Yeah. I want to see characters change. And in that regard, Napoleon Dynamite is, excuse the pun, it's dynamite. It's <laughs> so good. All the characters have this beautiful arc. And like it's so beautifully illustrated with the tetherball. We, we basically meet Napoleon out playing tetherball by himself <laughs> and being happy about it. He's doing, yes. Yes, yes, as he's hitting it, right? By himself, completely content. And then later on in the movie, once he's met Pedro and he's starting to, like, try different things, he asks someone else to play with him. Yeah. But but Summer says, no, like, that's not going to happen, right? 
so he puts himself out there and and you know falls down and then at the end he gets the person to play with him he's accepted mm. he's not only put himself out there but he has found his people um it's it's this really subtle but beautiful plot story mm -hmm. of napoleon not changing because he he tries you know he tries to have skills that he doesn't have you know his, <laughs> like bow hunting skills nunchuck skills, skills computer hacking skills, skills. <laughs> um, going going and hunting uh wolverine we're hunting wolverines in alaska with my uncle what do you think with a 12 gauge what do you think, think? <laughs> but you know he he's trying to to be what he thinks is this cool guy at the beginning of the movie yeah. and then you know the dance you know the the very the very high point of the film is him just being him and like finally finding acceptance in that so like i think even though there's not like uh uh a ticking time bomb or something like pushing our characters to growth in this film that we would normally associate with a plot. Like, I do think there's a beautiful like examination of character development throughout this piece. Mm. And I think it's really well done. Yeah. It's extremely subtle for sure. Um, and you know, Kip has, has got a great character arc too. Uncle Rico gets a little bit of a character arc by the end of the movie. Um, yeah, I, I think that if somebody says that this movie's got no plot, you know, I mean, this might be an unusual, unusually paced plot from from what you're used to, but I, I don't, For I don't sure. think that that's, uh, I don't think that argument holds any water. I think this this movie's got a great plot. Yeah. All right, so I think we're wrapping up. Uh, Brennan, do you want to share final thoughts? Yeah, so still one of my favorite movies. Definitely something I'll continue to watch. Um, I do see, um, now that you've pointed out, the, the characters growing as that being more of the plot. That is very eye-opening to me. Um but overall, it's great. It's a great film. And yeah, Elliot? Uh, yeah, I, I need to watch this movie more often is, is the, the takeaway I, I came away from watching this. Um, yeah, I, I was just giggling hysterically through this entire thing. And um, I, I think that it's just extremely well shot extremely well paced, extremely well acted. It's like, you know, honestly, like I don't, it's not a perfect movie, but I just can't think of a single thing I would change about this. Um, so yeah, I, I would give this probably an 8.5 out of 10. Um, I think to, to go up any higher would be a little silly, but, um, yeah, it's just, this is a great movie. If this film doesn't make you like want to break the mold and do your own thing, uh, whether that be as a filmmaker or just as, you know, a inspirational dancer uh, <laughs> like Napoleon uh, himself, 
I don't think you have a pulse. Uh, <laughs> as someone who loves films and loves people making films, uh, this this is a home run, right? Mm. It's a small budget, a bunch of unknowns, doing something completely out in left field, knowing that, like not trying to be anything else, not apologizing for it, and it finding an audience. I love that. It's beautiful. Uh, I was going to give it an 8.5 as well, um, but because Elliot told me I couldn't go higher, I'm going to give it a <laughs> 9 out of 10 uh, for heart. 9 out of 10. I just need to beat it out of my brain that I set Blade Runner... 2049 at a nine out of 10. Cause that it's like last, last two times we've recorded, I've been like, well, is it, it's not Blade Runner, but I just need to try yeah, to forget it. To no, 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 Runner. it's it's not, it's I, not, yeah. but it's just, like, I need to get that out of my head is like, Oh, that's a nine. I think, and like, obviously I have no clue. And in reality, this probably isn't true, but I think the movie that they, imagined making is the movie they made with napoleon dynamite oh yeah and like if that doesn't deserve full marks you know if that's not mm. an a work yeah. then i don't know what is a you know yeah so i'm giving this an a yeah it's not an a plus it's not a hundred but it gets an a nine yeah. out of ten yeah yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for podding with me, guys. Yeah. Um, next week, I think it's my movie, yep. uh, Quest for Camelot. Uh, it's going to be weird. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be a guilty pleasure. I'm super excited to uh, talk about it with you guys and yeah. to, uh, to share that movie. It's going to be great. I Yeah, this will be a new one for me. I, I know absolutely nothing about this. I didn't grow up watching it. I haven't watched it as an adult, so... Yeah, this will be a new one I've for me. I've watched it probably once, but it's been years. I'm pretty sure it was at Robert's house. I'm sure of it, <laughs> but All it's right. definitely going to be good watching it again. Well, I'm excited for next week. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye.